you're listening to Of Sights and Men with Benji and Jacob. A Daily Magician production. Hey, this is just a little disclaimer that this podcast was originally filmed for YouTube. So many times throughout the recording, we do reference clips that will be playing in the YouTube version. For the most part, this shouldn't disturb your listening experience. But if you do want to see the video version, head over to The Daily Magician on YouTube. Also, we just really wanted to say a big thank you to all of you that we met at the convention. It was an absolute pleasure to get to know all of you. Thank you so much for coming up to us. Thank you for speaking to us. Uh, it really uh, was a, a big honor for us. So yeah, just wanted to put that in there. Big shout out to all of you, the listeners. Thank you so much for listening and let's get into this podcast. Okay, so hello and welcome to our Blackpool Review 2024. In this, we're going to kind of treat this a little bit like a podcast. Well, actually, there'll be some of you that aren't listening to this, just as the audio version, but for those of you on YouTube. Hello, I'm Jacob. Hi, I'm Benji. <laughs> <laughs> keep it in, just keep it in. I'm thinking to myself right now, I really hope people are watching, not watching, I hope they're listening to this on the podcast because... I'm just standing here and I feel like we're talking to the camera and we're going to be here for like half an hour or so and I'm just sort of shifting awkwardly. <laughs> and so it's just going to be a lot easier for people that are not watching this. Those of you that are watching, apologize for the awkwardness. We haven't done one of these standing podcasts before, so it's a first time. But you don't want to hear about that. You want to hear about Blackpool. So let's get straight into Blackpool. Yeah, let's get straight into it. So I think we're going to break this up into little categories. The first one that we think maybe is what you're most interested in is just hearing about the magic. I mean, if we're talking about Blackpool Magic Convention and we're talking about giving you a little food review, probably going to be a little bit boring. So we're trying to get straight into the, the good stuff. So let's start with the magic. Yeah, let's start with the magic. Okay, a few highlights. This is in no particular order. This is just stuff that's coming to mind. Sonor. So day one in the convention, we've been manning the stall all day and we decide, let's go around, talk to some people, go to the dealer's hall see what's happening, see what's going down. We walk up to Biz, our friend Biz from Big Blind Media, and we ask Biz, among other things, you know, what's the coolest thing you've seen so far? Bear in mind it's day one, so maybe he would have changed his mind by the end of it, mm -hmm. but this is what he said on day one. He said, so I was at the Reskin, I think it was at the Reskin. Yeah. He was somewhere, and he saw this guy do something where he took a harmonica, he played it, then he gave the harmonica to someone else, then took an invisible harmonica and started playing it. And Biz was kind of freaking out about this. And then he said, oh, and he also did this thing where he took this invisible glass of beer or wine and just like made, it, made a little like ka-ching sound of it. And my favorite, one of my favorite moments of the convention is Biz flinks. I don't know. One of my favorite moments of the convention was as Biz is describing this, you can see he's just so, he's getting so into it. And he was so, he, he loved it so much. He was like, man, like, I don't know how he did it. He was wearing a ring, but it can't be the ring. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> You have to go watch the video. It's so, man, we love we you, Biz. Probably play the clip. We'll play the clip. Cause... Play a little clip. Yeah. He's got a harmonica. He plays it. He gives you the harmonica. And then he does this. And then he starts playing at it with nothing in his hand. And he's got nothing in his hand, nothing in his mouth, just a ring around his finger. I have no idea. It can't be the ring. It doesn't make sense. And he can do it with different sounds. Yeah, yeah. He's been doing it to everybody. Yeah. I mean, it really was incredible. It was one of the coolest things I saw at all convention. It was outside the rescue. And for those of you that don't know what the rescue is, it's just like a pub around the corner from the uh, Winter Gardens Convention Center where all the magicians go and hang out every single night and drink way too much and stay up way too late. <laughs> That's basically what the rescue is. 
So it, it was a lot of fun to go there. And for, for us that aren't drinking, it was a lot of fun to see all the magic and just kind of feel the vibe, go outside. And outside of the Redskin is really where a lot of the really good stuff was happening. And that's where we saw Sonora. And it was... Yeah. The, one, the version we saw was actually a little different. It was basically he takes out a harmonica, starts to play it, and then he just eats the harmonica, but it's not harmonica, it's just like a wafer, but your mind just thinks it's a harmonica, and it's just like obviously the most mind-blowing thing. Yeah, no, it's so fun. I love magic like this. Magic that's so organic. Yeah. I think that's something I want to integrate more, because I love card magic, I love coin magic, I will continue to do those things, but I do want to integrate that third aspect of organic magic, where Bro just did magic with a wafer. Like... Yeah. <laughs> You hand me a wafer, what am I going to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to eat it. Which he also <laughs> did, but he did something really cool first. Yeah, exactly. So that was definitely, Sonora was a big highlight for me. I just love, man, the biz, that biz line. Because, to be fair, I don't know how it works either. It's a funny story, actually. You know how it works. Because you, he was discussing it with another French magician. I don't know if they knew you spoke French. I think they did, but... They didn't care, I guess. They didn't care. Anyway, yeah. I had no idea what, what they were talking about. <laughs> So I still don't know the method. I'm still pretty fooled by this. Uh, Jacob now knows it, but he's obviously... They were both like sound mechanics. So uh-huh. It was like, they was like going like geeking over yeah. it. Because obviously it's sound manipulation. Yeah. Harmonic and mm, stuff. So. Yeah. But yeah, I still I still have no idea uh, how it works other than, you know, some sort of sound manipulation, obviously. Yeah. Obviously uh, he didn't play music from a wafer. Yeah. Wow. Obviously. <laughs> Those are crazy insights from like 2024. And like Biz said, he had a ring, but it can't be the ring. So, I don't know. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Good stuff. Well, watch out for that one. I think it's releasing on Illusionist. That's kind of the, dis- the discussion I've seen around around that one. But moving on, well, let's, talk about, let's talk about Pringles. You want to talk about Pringles? Yeah, so this was... So, one of the pleasures we had at the convention was to go with uh, Danny Goldsmith. Uh, many of you may know him. He's one of the best coin magicians in the world. In our opinion, probably the best in the world. Although that was up for debate. Apparently, him and Ryan Hayashi now mm. have a head-to-head thing we'll get into that more later but yeah danny came back to us and was like guys like i almost just like cried from seeing this effect and we were like what the freak was the effect and he's like i picked a pringle out of the bag any pringle it's a real pringle it can't be like a gimmicked pringle (laughs) he's like then i put it on my hand and like this guy made a gun gesture and shot at my hand and the pringle exploded into a million pieces and he was like it was like probably the most amazing thing i've ever seen and we were just like wow i mean we were we were pretty shocked it was yeah and it was one like we all kind of like watched the effect together afterwards and it really is like one of the craziest well i mean it's just insane like Mm -hmm. to take a pringle put it in like a spectator's hand and then explode it with like a fake gun it's Mm -hmm. just i don't like yeah it's again it's like what we were talking about with like organic magic it's Mm -hmm. just like it's so it's so out of the ordinary for what yeah. you expect from a magic trick that it's just stunning in that way yeah yeah i'm definitely seeing a bit of a trend toward that in terms yeah. of some of the the releases and ideas that are hitting the hardest right now are those organic magic you know yeah think about people like tobias dust all his stuff always does so well yeah and his stuff is always in that realm as well so definitely is something we want to get more into yeah 100 percent. and i think along those lines obviously that was a crazy trick we'll play a little clip of that now mm-hmm. But yeah, along those lines, this is Crazy Sam's Mind and Hanson's Chen. They had some amazing mm-hmm. magic. And it's by, it's by Sam Huang, how do you say it? Yeah, I think Sam Huang. I would probably mm-hmm. hardly Sorry. Hardly but it's yeah. Crazy Sam's Mind, right? Yeah. I think that, that's mm-hmm. like, that's, that's that's the like name. a brand. Yeah. 
yeah yeah but he had some really cool stuff i mean non like he had like a insane like ring routine and like finger swapping thing that was some of the coolest mm-hmm. things i've seen and then he also had uh, he did an amazing rubik's cube trick and maybe we'll describe this to all of you as well because this is another one that's been kind of like going through online since we left blackpool over and over it's basically there's a you know, normal rubik's cube that's shuffled shuffled mixed, mixed. <laughs> it's handed to a spectator spectator under the cover of a blanket or like a napkin i guess mm-hmm. shuffles it up in a sequence but like kind of however they want it's like oh you can turn it the top twice you can turn the bottom twice you can and it's really in their hand like it never leaves their hand nothing ever changes and it goes in mixed and then this was another crazy sounds mind thing he solves his cube with like one flick which is really cool and then takes the napkin slash whatever thing off the rubik's cube that the spectator is holding and that is just solved without him ever touching it and that was a really crazy trick too Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so that i don't think is a product that's out yet but it's i'm sure it's coming at some point i don't know who it's going to go through if it's going to be hansen chen or i mean i saw henry harrius was kind of like hanging well he he seemed to be like hanging around like involved with that one and he also does some really good rubik's cube stuff so i don't know if there's any kind of collab going on there that's total speculation but that was really cool as well yeah another one i i want to mention I don't know how to pronounce his name now that I come into actually saying it. Clement Di Natale. How you know French? Is it Natale? Di Natale. Yeah. Natalie, even though he's got an E. Yeah. Probably. Okay, sure. Clement Di Natale. French magician. Really good. Really good stuff. He's known for his great coin work, but he showed me something. Probably one of my favorite moments at the convention with my phone. He just kind of handed me my phone. And then from a distance, he was kind of like, well, first of all, he demonstrated how, you know, have any of you when you were younger had that thumb tip prop where you pretend to like take light and then you've got like the light at your thumb and you're passing it around and maybe you throw it onto your phone and your torchlight is up you take it off and he just took that beam and sort of ran with it and said well let's try this put the phone in my hand this way so the the, the torch is facing up and then from a distance he just kind of taps his fingers and my torch turns on taps turns off he kind of turns like a dial torch gets stronger dimmer turns off on basically he's just controlling it from a distance and then stops lets me take my phone back and obviously it's just you know there's there's nothing out of the ordinary it was in my hand the whole time that was just one of my favorite things yeah, that i cool. it just really it just i don't know it got me a little emotional you know it's it's been a while since magic hit me quite that hard i was just boom he then also told me the method, like instantly, <laughs> quite quite quickly after. Which I mean, thank you, Clement, but for that, I I appreciate that. But yeah, it was kind of funny that I just instantly uh, found oh, out the method. <laughs> but luckily, that was only whatever. Like the convention was long, so there's actually plenty more moments. Uh, I did see some more great magic over the course of the weekend. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think. There was the the mentalism trick that we saw. I thought that was really, really cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. So acron- acronym, that's the name of it mm-hmm. by Conjuring Lab, I think is the yeah, name of the brand. It's like a it. French company, more recent. Yeah. I think, I think they've, this was like their first convention that like, yeah. kind of released. So them. they were working on this one last convention. Yeah. Because Danny mentioned that he'd seen it last convention, but not as like a finished product. And then they came back this year and they were, they were doing it, Very four cool minutes selling it. Yeah. Again, actually, that's one of them. That later on in the convention, I was referencing. That's one of the tricks I was referencing earlier that also hit me really hard. I just loved that one. It was really good. 
Yeah. Yeah. I guess not, not much else to say about it. Probably explain it, I guess, right? What it looks like. Yeah, I can explain how it feels. Basically, you open. Okay, wait. <laughs> Let me backtrack. So there's a piece of paper. First of all, there's a couple of steps there. There's a piece of paper. I roll a dice in my head. I tell them what number it is, maybe two. And then they open Wikipedia on my phone. And we just do this thing, this kind of game in Wikipedia where you start on an article and you scroll, you find a link, you click on that link, you mm-hmm. go to the next page, scroll, find another link, and you can pick whatever link you want. Each time you pick a link, it gets written down a certain number of times. By the end of it, you just feel like, oh, it's a random assortment of links. They ask you, do any of these links describe you in any way? And you think, maybe, maybe not. And then they say, well, what about this? You, you gave us a number before two, right? And then you count in to the second letter and then the second letter of all the words links that you clicked on combined spells out your name. Yeah, it's very cool. Very again, very organic in that sort of way. Like I mean yeah. obviously it uses the phone and stuff, but like it, it, it doesn't feel and it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like proppy or you know, yeah. using cards or whatever. It's it was it was a yeah. nice organic trick. Talking of organic magic, phone magic, there was a someone but I don't want to get their name wrong, so I'm looking it up now. G I briefly interrupt this podcast to give a quick shout out to our newsletter. If you go to www.dailymagician.com slash books, you'll be able to claim 24 magic books for free as well as sign up for our daily newsletter. In this newsletter, we share tons of incredible content just like this podcast, as well as providing you with amazing exclusive offers from fantastic magicians. That's www.thedailymagician.com slash books yeah it's probably he's from taiwan i believe and they were demoing a product called crashed very cool which you may have seen on social media it's one where they take your phone and then kind of do this and then your phone starts freaking out yeah but yeah do you think he had some really good stuff he was just we were jamming with him one night and he was he was showing us some really good stuff i'm trying to think i'm trying to find what the name he was very generous as well he showed us a lot of stuff jammed with us for a very long time yeah I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the name of this company is but i don't know i just know jifeng crashed we can maybe put something up if we find it but mm-hmm. yes that was that one more thing before we move on uh jeffrey wang that also for me was a highlight of the convention was seeing jeffrey wang perform in person Amazing. if you don't know who jeffrey wang is he is a coin magician although that feels like a bit reductive for what jeffrey does <laughs> he just does stuff with coins you didn't think was possible or you thought would only ever work on camera danny goldsmith a friend always says you know this stuff you think is like cgi camera stuff or would only work on social media and then you see it in person and you realize that is actually insane that he can do that in person yeah he is amazing and he was super super nice yeah (laughs) a joy to watch yeah yeah there we go that's some of the best magic let's kind of keep this rolling keep this moving because we've got yeah plenty to talk about Moving on, let's talk about... So that was sort of the magic that was being sold and performed and jammed on. What about the magic in the actual shows? The gala shows? A couple of highlights, maybe? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm already started like my genuine highlight uh-huh. and probably with a lot of people's was like the Matt King show to get a full-on Vegas show <laughs> in Blackpool from someone that's performing as long as Matt King was honestly just so much fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it was probably my maybe one of my biggest highlights of the whole thing was just... It was just like everything from his Vegas show in Blackpool. So like it was no hold like no hold bars, I guess. Like it was just like no, no hold spot. No hold spot. Mm-hmm. It was just like as far as I know, I haven't seen this Vegas show, but it seemed like it was his complete set. 
Um, mm-hmm. Especially just for the fact that he kept like messing up his pattern by accident, saying like casino and stuff. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was quite funny though. He yeah. kept saying like in this casino, they're like, wait. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he was brilliant. I mean, absolutely hilarious from start to finish. I think one of the things that Benji mentioned afterwards that it's very underrated from uh-huh. Matt King is just his ability to like, or maybe not underrated, but something that is much appreciated mm-hmm. is, is his ability to like manage a spectator. Uh, I don't think I've seen anyone do it better. Like, he just, not only is he able to make the spectator look like they're doing something that they're not, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, he's also able to make them like the star of the show and mm-hmm. make everything they do so funny. And yeah. it always, it kind of feels like the spectator is trying to mess up the trick for him the whole uh-huh. time. So then you end up like rooting for him, but also not really caring if the trick works out. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, the way he performs magic, it feels so casual. Like you don't, you're just enjoying the journey like the whole time. You don't mm-hmm. really care about the end result, but then the end result is awesome, so you love it. I don't know. It's just really unique. It was really yeah. fun. Yeah, I I agree. I concur. We had also the gala shows. I think massive props, pardon the pun, applause, respect to yeah. to everyone that performed in those. Uh, the quality it was so good. Good. We really respect all those performers. We don't have time to mention everyone by name. So just mention a couple of highlights, things that come to mind. The clairvoyance, it was really good to see them in person. I'd see them sort of on videos here and there. They, it's funny watching the clairvoyance because at first I had that sort of magician reaction where I just think to myself, well, you know, I, I, I kind of think I know how this works. Like yeah. clearly they're just secretly communicating somehow. Yeah. <laughs> and then you start thinking about it more and you're like, well, duh, like yeah. <laughs> that obviously, like it's, Obviously, there's some sort of secret communication going on. I assume, like that's not, act- you know, you think you know more than you do, and then you start thinking, yeah. you're like, okay, but how? It's and I actually, yeah, I don't know. I got no idea to be honest. So some some of the tricks they did were just insane. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, kind of classic mental- mentalism stuff, but still, nonetheless, crazy. You know, like someone brings out a cigarette box. They tell them that she's blindfolded mm-hmm. on the stage. She tells them the brand and how many cigarettes are left in the box. That's always to me like mm-hmm. pretty mind blowing to be yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah, no, it's serial number on a on a on a pound note, stuff like that. Really, yeah, really cool. Yeah, really impressive. But we also had uh, just again a couple of names. Winston Fuenmayer, I think he was one of the opening acts for the first Gala show, did a lot of card manipulation stuff. Very cool. Really cool. Like wrapped cards around his arm like a mm-hmm. glove and then like pulled them off. Yeah. Very cool. Hard to explain. Yeah, very hard to explain. Axel Adler in did this thing where he very unique act where he had three legs, but you could never tell. He was just kind of yeah. He he had three legs, yeah. but you could never tell at any which moment which ones were the real ones and which one was the fake one. So that was just a really really cool thing to be. Mm-hmm. Remy, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Las Las Venus. Remy Las Venus. Yeah, did like a juggling juggling act with like. Floating. floating juggling ball it was just floating really balls. cool yeah and then also i know you really appreciated the ventriloquist but let me just grab her name so we don't get it wrong this one yes celia munoz sorry yeah. probably just ruined your name but she just did the craziest ventriloquist okay. act slash magic act where she did opera as ventriloquist like while like drinking or like smoking a pipe but you could hear uh-huh. opera yeah which is just crazy it yeah crazy. very impressive the ventriloquism in general is really, yeah. really good. It's quite funny. Like, I mean, the guy that uh-huh. was hosting the first gala show his name? also had the funniest act where he has like puts like two, I don't even know, like I guess ventriloquist masks on two spectators and then does their voices for them. 
I guess really hard to explain, but it was absolutely hilarious. And one thing I will say actually on this convention was just that like the the quality I went in twenty twenty two and wow, like compared this I don't know, the increase in quality in my opinion from twenty twenty two to twenty twenty four was pretty crazy. I think in twenty twenty two they had a lot of issues booking people, it was just after COVID, all that sort of thing. But we were also sitting at a really bad angle. So when we went to twenty twenty two I could we my wife and I could just see how every effect was working pretty much the entire show, which was a <laughs> not quite as fun. And so I, my expectations are quite low for the gala shows and shows in general at Blackpool, but I was really like blown away by just how good they actually were. Was it this guy, John Kimmons? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we, maybe we can find that yeah. later and put it up. But yeah, yeah, that was good. Good stuff. Okay, moving on. Let's keep this rolling. Uh, we wanted to talk about a couple of funny moments, I guess. Some just fun moments from the convention, stuff that made us laugh. I'll start. So we were performing. We had a dealer. We were sharing a dealer stand with Danny Goldsmith, and we were doing some performances and such. And one of the tricks that I was sort of working on and performing during the weekend was a trick using a key card. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a key card is, I don't know why you'd be 30 minutes into a Blackpool <laughs> convention recap, but it's just a card that tells you the identity. How do I even describe it? What the heck? A key card is a card that's known to you as the magician. It's not known to the spectator, but like if you see it and you place the spectator's card next to it by means of, well, whatever means you use, maybe it's the bottom card and you sandwich the chosen card, then you can find the card. It's like a locator card. It gives you information. So I was doing a trick with a key card and I'm pretty sure I don't, my memory of it is a little fuzzy, but at the time I thought my key card was uh, the queen of spades. And so then when I was going through the deck to try and find the chosen card by means of the key card, I suddenly realized it was this new deck that we'd been given. So I was spreading through trying to find this key card, the queen of spades, and I find a queen of spades, but then I kind of, well, I don't remember exactly how it went. I don't remember if I just like asked him, is this your card or something? But anyway, the trick was just falling apart in my hands. And then I realized, oh, there's another queen of spades in the deck. Oh, and a third. Because two I can understand, but I don't know how. I do not know how three queen of spades ended up in that deck. And it was also the card that happened to be my key card. It just absolutely scuppered the chances of that trick working the way it should have. It was a little brutal. Yeah. Because I guess we, we got two of those decks. So maybe one of them came from the other deck. And maybe it was just already a duplicate card. Because we only had two of those decks. So I don't know where the third one came from, unless it was a duplicate or something. It must have been. So that was just that was just funny. I just had to stop and tell the person I was performing for, like, you know, what, you know what a key card is, right? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, check this out. And it's kind of a funny moment. Yeah. Well, I guess another one that was, this is kind of like an us thing, but it was mm -hmm. just kind of funny. Obviously, Danny Goldsmith that we were there with was one of like the lecturers, one of like doing news in the close-up show, that sort of thing. But he just kept getting like kicked out. And now that, that sounds like a lot more intense than it was. But basically, when you're in the dealer's hall, I don't know, the, the staff there were just like pretty intense during the convention. And if like they didn't see your like dealer's badge for like more than like two minutes, they were like coming over and like, get out, you need to get out. Like, why are you in here, sir? <laughs> so we would just be like cleaning up or daddy would be performing and like they'd just come up and be like, I need to see your dealer's badge. Like, why are you still in here? You need to get out. And daddy was just kind of like, yeah, it's like, calm down like it's right here like yeah. you just couldn't see it <laughs> yeah but it's just funny danny getting kicked out of the convention or people trying to kick danny out of the convention like 
multiple days. Yeah. It, was, it was quite funny. Yeah, he was having a tough time of it. Yeah. One more funny moment, a chance encounter with Ryan Hayashi. <laughs> That's a good name for an email. Yeah. <laughs> so we were, so Danny Goldsmith had just performed his close-up show and we were kind of in the area mingling and just seeing actually if we could um, get like real reaction clips. Yeah. See what people thought. And we were in the middle of filming one and it was like kind of Ryan Hayashi. I guess we were filming one with um, some friends of Ryan Hayashi and we didn't know at the time, but Ryan Hayashi just sort of walks into the frame between them and he's like, and he just immediately turns on his yeah. performance mode, I guess. And he's just like, this is going to be such a hard one to recap and explain for the video because it was so like bizarre, but hilarious at the yeah. same time, just meeting Ryan Hersh in person because he is very much like what you see <laughs> on, stage. on stage is what you get. Probably not all the time, but he's capable of just like switching it on like that. Yeah. And he has complete, he has a lot of confidence and presence and he would just like go into that mode i guess another funny thing was just like i think for some reason benji was just getting like roasted the entire convention because everybody thought he was american putting on a british accent i think that was part of the reason ryan, yeah i mean looking back at uh-huh. the reason ryan came and started like making fun of you yeah maybe thought you were like doing a fake british accent i mean i don't know i don't i, I don't know where this has come from i you never had this problem before <laughs> yeah i don't know what to say I spend a lot of time with people from various countries, so it just. <laughs> I would have thought any if anyone would be me. Uh, yeah, but there we go. I don't know. Lessons learned. What did we learn during Blackpool? Mm-hmm. I will start with one. Uh, this is something I learned from doing the dealer stand. First of all, Jay, can you tell me what is the motto of the Boy Scouts of America? Be prepared. Be prepared. <laughs> Gosh, so scary! And I go, that's the lesson. Be prepared. So we had something that we were demoing. Maybe we'll put a clip in here. I don't know. But this is because we knew that we'd be sort of demoing this and trying it out at Blackpool. We had prepared extensively for it mm-hmm. and it felt very, we could feel it. You know, we felt prepared and, and yeah. pretty good about it. Not to say we had no hiccups, but I think for the most part, it was pretty good. Yeah. Now, the only issue I found is that because I was performing this time and time again, I actually started to get a little. I don't know, I just a bit itchy to like try other stuff. I was like, oh, maybe I'll mix it up, do something different for the next guy that walks up. And so then I started just kind of improvising a little bit, just sort of thinking, oh, you know, what would be a fun thing to do here? And then there was a couple of tricks that sort of solidified. One of them, so this kind of went two ways. One of them, it, it did sort of solidify and turn into a little effect that I was like, oh, you know, I like this quite a lot. This is a good combination of things. Yeah. It was a little rough getting there, but once I was there, I was like, oh, this feels pretty good. And it yeah, so again, it wasn't quite as dialed in as the other one, but it still, you know, it wasn't wasn't bad. But then there was this other effect that I'll talk about. So it's it's an effect. It's like a Vernon, an old Vernon trick that I don't see many people do now. I know why, <laughs> but it's called Super Card Prediction. It's by Vernon. You can actually find it in an Encyclopedia of Card Tricks if you're cur- curious. But it was one that we worked on in our 138 effects project. Yeah. And so I kind of had a bit of muscle memory or just remembering how it works. And I thought, oh, this might be an interesting one. I think some people might like this. And the first few times I did it, it kind of reeled me in because it worked for the most part. And I was like, oh, this And people were like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. And so I started thinking, oh, this is a good one. I, I keep doing this one. But then it's quite a knacky trick, quite mm-hmm. finicky. And it just, I started getting to the point where I was like, man, I just don't, I just can't get this to work reliably. Like I I could get it to work, but I just wasn't reliable enough. But I was still 
I just got kind of too into it and I was obsessed with like figuring it out. And I was like, man, I gotta just figure this one out. And I sort of forgot that I had a different job, which was, you know, to be demoing other tricks and, you know, all the things that you should do if you're at, at the dealer hall. And I was just like, man, I gotta figure out this trick. <laughs> I gotta figure out this Vernon trick. Uh, we'll play a clip of it actually, just so you can see what we're talking about. As you can see, when it works, it's quite a cool effect. But yeah, at the time, I should have just known, like, that I was in a sunk cost fallacy and just, you know, said to myself, "All right, I'll come back to this. I got plenty of time later at home. Figure this one out." But it's just not ready. It's not prepared enough. Just move on. So I got I got a bit too lost in the source on that one. So the motto, not the motto, the moral of the story is A, be prepared and B, don't don't get too lost in the source when it comes to like if you're working on something and you're you're getting too you start caring too much about the outcome, which is something we've written about before and I know in my head I shouldn't do, but we all fall into that trap still sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you just gotta know when to call it a day on certain things and work on them later. Yeah. And I think uh, actually that was another maybe just to bring up just uh-huh. along with like performing it was just like just to say like the trick that we did take and that we were really ready uh-huh. to do like people really liked so it is definitely a really good time if you have something that you want to show people if you want to work what we would actually recommend is if you want to like jam memorize like a set <laughs> and if you want to sell something just memorize like the one trick and perform that but maybe that's getting a little bit into the next mm-hmm. section that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, actually, one more thing before we do, yeah, kind of somewhat related to what we've been talking about. I think another big takeaway both of us had was in terms of performing, whether it's for magicians at events like this or it's just in general. Yeah. Uh, making mistakes is really not a big deal. It's, it's, you know, everybody does it at first, you know, especially when there's like these great magicians walking up to your stand and you're thinking to yourself, oh no. <laughs> Yeah, like this guy was literally in the gala show. Like, what am I gonna, <laughs> yeah. sh- what am I gonna show him? And you worry about what might happen if you mess up. Thing is, you'll, I don't know. It's a little bit like, it's a little bit like, you know, like climbing, rock climbing, where like you're really scared to take that first fall, but with good reason. Falling can be dangerous. Going to do all this stuff safely, but you're a little bit scared. But then once you do take the first fall, say you're doing like rope climbing and it's you got like a belay and stuff, yeah. and you just you catch you like, oh, that wasn't so bad. And then you have more confidence next time to kind of climb a bit better and you learn to like trust that rope. I think it's similar in, in magic where like before you've messed up for the first time, you think, oh, this could be so bad. He's going to spit in my face and walk away and I'll be banned from Blackpool for life. <laughs> All this stuff. And then you mess it up and Nobody they just can. don't care. And they just say like, yeah. oh, you got it next time. Like good thinking or, you know, they can tell what was yeah. going to happen. They were like, oh, it's a nice idea. Like, you know, good luck next time, whatever, right? Yeah. They really don't care. And so you literally just got to get over it. And the more you do that and the more you make those mistakes, the less they bother you, I guess. And so it just gets to the point where performing feels very stress-free because you just know the worst that's going to happen is they're just going to smile and say, yeah, good luck next time. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's it's also just like a lot of fun. I think it's kind of like you got to just kind of get back on the horse. Mm -hmm. But like that's what kind of how I was thinking about it. It's like what you know, and they say mm-hmm. like when you fall off horse, you got like first thing you want to do is like get straight back on it. And I feel like with like performing magic and that sort of thing, it's just like just start performing ASAP and just like get through the first three, and then you'll kind of like be fine. And if you do fail, instantly perform someone else again mm-hmm. because you don't want to start building up that sort of like anxiety. That yeah, like, yeah. That actually leads to mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a good good way of putting it. 
Okay, moving on to what you were wanting to. Bring. Yeah, so I think things would recommend. We're just gonna give a kind of like, this was we kind of went in like very blind to be honest. Like I think we thought we went in prepared, but we went in more blind than we imagined mm. to what it would be like to run a dealer stand. So we kind of just wanted to give some of our tips for those of you that would maybe be interested in running a dealer stand or maybe just are interested in general and hearing what we thought about it. The main thing, well, first of all, get a good spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where we were was probably like probably was literally the worst spot in the entire like convention and it's not like, we're not like taking it personally it's just like it probably was the worst spot in the whole convention center because <laughs> where we were doesn't have like the best amount of like football but that being said like it was fine like we did our best to like reach out to people and that sort of thing but yeah i think first like get a good spot try and like or if you if you're in a like less good spot set something up to like compensate for that maybe have something like playing on a screen or maybe have like i don't know some people that can easily approach and watch because it's not like where we were people didn't gather crowds and danny didn't gather crowds it's just you kind of have to be prepared if you're not in the main deal at all you don't just have easy footfall i suppose Mm -hmm. um so maybe that's first thing and then secondly to be honest i think a lot of people just go to get toys Mm -hmm. and that's completely fine yeah (laughs) like when we go to blackpool I'm looking around at the dealer stand and I'm not looking to buy like a download. I'm looking for like, like what's the cool thing I can take and play around with, you know? So I think that's like another tip is like, when yeah, well, I think, yeah. I think that's just, it makes sense, right? It's like, yeah. if you go to a convention where you can buy physical products, I don't know, say I go to a certain stall, like if I could go home, a couple of things actually that I was thinking about. One is yeah. if I could go home and just like kind of buy the download online, I definitely might do that. But it kind of feels like, why would I do that? It's so rare for us as magicians to be in a place where we can actually be like examining like, oh, yeah. this, this, oh, you, know, you pick it up, feel the weight of it in your hand, the satisfaction yeah. of like, this is something I bought. That happens so rarely. And we like 99% of the time we are just doing the other model that when it comes to being at these events, it's like, oh, this is the one time we can do it this way. Yeah. So there's kind of a natural, I think, bias toward that. Although obviously I'm not like ruling out like plenty of people were selling downloads and yeah. you know if you've got like a good demo you're performing well and it's a new trick or, or whatever like it's yeah. all it's all you're not like ruling out any success but there is I think a little bias toward that also I think there's a bias t- for me there'd be a bias towards when I'm at these events if I'm seeing certain stands or dealers that I I'm not very familiar with or maybe come from like other countries where it's going to be hard for stuff to get shipped or I don't know if I'm going to be able to find that website that kind of a niche small thing I'm actually going to be more likely to buy from them yeah. because you kind of have that feeling of, oh, I, I don't know how easy it's going to be for me to buy these products in the future. Yeah. So that, I think, is also a factor. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think just going as a dealer, you want to have something you can demo in like 10 seconds or less. <laughs> and if not, then it needs to be like really good. Like you need to justify the fact that you're performing for more than like 10 seconds. Even just having a video of your like gimmick or whatever playing on loop could be nice. But yeah, I think kind of the main thing that we took away from it is like go with something that's like a limited amount of stock. It's something people can take home that can play around with. That yeah, it's like kind of like a toy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I think the guy with the finger—I don't remember what it was called. That was a good example of that. Yeah, yeah, I think he had a video go in and mm-hmm. yeah, ticked a lot of those boxes. So. Yeah. So yeah, those okay. are kind of our things for for dealers. Yeah. And also just be aware that it's going to be a little harder than you thought. <laughs> like you still have to be like willing, you know, like you still need to like offer value and explain that value to the customers. Like they literally have around them like 250 other dealers that they can buy from. So just be prepared to like 
sell people <laughs> your products, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Give them a reason to spend time at your yeah. stand. Mm-hmm. So the next thing we want to talk about is just kind of going as a customer, I suppose, um, what we would recommend. Hmm, maybe you can start with this. I don't know, to be honest. Yeah, I think... I didn't go as a customer this year. So maybe I'll talk about it. So uh-huh. from like last time that I went, I just went purely as like a customer mm-hmm. slash kind of creating some content. I think just like, don't be scared. Like, I feel like a lot of the time you're really worried, like, oh, should I go up with this person? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like just don't have any of that fear. Go speak to people, like go chat with people. Like, I don't know. I, I just think people will speak to you and are so interested to chat with you more than you think. So I say going as a customer, like just go with no fear, go up to people that you want to speak to. Like, I don't know. I feel like there were kids at the convention that's such a good example of that. They're like 13 years old. Uh-huh. And they're just like walking out to people. Oh, can you tell my card? Like, and like, you know, it's like, it's just kind of endearing. Like they're just very like outgoing mm-hmm. and like you want to show people magic to get to know everybody. I don't know. I, I think you can, yeah, you can do you can really like talk to whoever you want like they are there to sell you their products and be at the convention so don't don't, don't be scared to like go up to them approach them mm-hmm. um i think i would also say like with the dealers hall like prioritize like look at the map and prioritize the dealers that you really want to see because it goes a lot faster than you think mm-hmm. like, you, you might think that like oh i think that over there great i'll see him like in two days and then you just won't so I would say making like a really clear plan of like what you want to do, who you want to see, and then making sure you don't miss those things is a, is a big one. And then maybe just make sure you don't miss the shows. Like maybe just doing a bit of research, like making sure you know who's performing, when, where, and then planning a schedule around that. Because yeah. it's so easy to just get trapped in the dealer's hall or I don't know, just there's so there's genuinely so many good lectures and shows going mm-hmm. on. I think it's a really good idea for just like yeah. a plan. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't been Blackpool for a few years and I'd forgotten or I didn't know in the first place that when you have the, like the gold card thing, mm-hmm. your your seat is like for all the shows yeah. or something. I, at first I thought it was just the galas, but then I was like, oh, Matt King is also included and yeah. oh, you know, it's cool. You realize like, oh, you, so you might as well make use of that, I guess. You know, yeah, agreed. See all that stuff. Yeah. And then I think that's that's probably yeah. it's probably good for customers. Maybe you can talk about going as a content creator. I don't know. I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. Just take a camera, film just stuff. film everything. That's what I would yeah. recommend. That's something that I wish I'd done more this convention. Uh-huh. Is just like literally film everything I saw. Yeah, because it's also just a really great time as a content creator uh-huh. to make content. People really want to watch it. It's quite yeah. easy to pick up views. So hence why we are making this right, creating now. content. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. Okay, to be honest, I feel like that's pretty much everything. Yeah. Uh, we'll close out, I guess, with one final little. Yeah, maybe we should just uh-huh. maybe just give like a brief summary, like what we would rate the convention. Like, would we go again? <laughs> I would go again. Yeah, but I thought it was a lot of fun. Really well hosted. Thank you so much for the team that put it together. I thought mm-hmm. the events were great. I thought the shows were great. I thought Dealers Hall was really well done. I, I thought it was impressive from start to finish. Really, really well done. Yeah, I would go again. Mm-hmm. Me and Medji were saying actually it was uh-huh. maybe like less we thought it would be a bigger business success than it was but on like a personal level we enjoyed it so much more than we imagined we would. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good so, way good way of putting it. Oh, and one last tip. Yep. Go to the Reskin. It's really fun. It's a pub around the corner it's spelled R-E-S Q-U-I I don't actually know I how it's spelled to be honest. Go there. 
it, it's just like around the corner look it up on the maps you'll find so many magicians there that is like something that you don't want to miss out on I, I didn't go last time i went to the convention and like i wish i had because going this time it was, yeah. it was a lot of fun maybe it's the ruskin maybe is it ruskin r-u-s-k-i-n yeah i think it's ruskin r-u-s-k-i-n oh we were way off man i was spelling it in the french way for some reason really? <laughs> but yeah it was it was a lot of fun so yeah yeah maybe it goes out with what, what were you gonna say no i was just gonna say and then the sort of final little announcement slash sneak peek yeah at the end of this video is mm-hmm. We have a new project. We did this a little bit at Blackpool. A little bit. What, how do you say this? It wasn't like the main thing we did, but occasionally we'd be like, oh, you guys want to see this? You know? And so we do this. Uh, and I think it's a really cool thing. People seem to like it. Or I hope they did. Either they'll be nice or they liked it. I guess you can be the judges, decide for yourself if you check it out. But it's basically a, if you're familiar with color sense routines, mm-hmm. where a deck is kind of mixed or shuffled or, or what have you. And then the magician or the spectator is able to like sense colors of cards. That's a very loose way of defining these routines. What we've done is we've put together a project where we go through many different like phases and sort of levels of this trick, starting with the most basic version and kind of leveling up to some other variations that we think are quite cool. It's a very, you know, it's a new thing. We're really excited to share it with you. You'll also get a bonus. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're watching this within the first week of us uploading this video or releasing this podcast, you'll get a free like Blackpool bonus, which is another trick that we found that they've mentioned that people really loved. So you'll also get that when you play yeah. this week. Yeah. This week only or we'll see. Maybe longer, but probably, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you get that. Anyway, you can just click the link. I think we've probably talked enough. You probably just want to read about it, watch it, all that stuff. But a little project we've been very excited to share with you. We think you're going to like it a lot. So check it out. It's called the... Are we telling them what it's called? Yeah. It's called the Kaleidoscope Project. Link in the description. Go check it out. Thank you for watching.